Okay, we'd like to welcome you back to our third and I believe final part of our current event and weekly Bible study for August 29th, 2010. This next article is from Cutting Edge. It's entitled, In Another Example of Encroachment of Our Increasingly Hostile Government, Who Is Intent Upon Taking Our Rights, We Learn of Plans to Overreact to a Cyber Attack in Such a Way as to Seize Control of Infrastructure and Communication Networks. This is from a... This is from the Washington Post, this article. It's entitled, Pentagon's Cybersecurity Plans Have a Cold War Chill. It's just from August 26th. With little fanfare, the Pentagon is putting the finishing touches on a new strategy that will treat cyberspace as a domain of potential warfare and apply instant active defense to counterattacks that in theory could shut down the nation's transportation and commerce. America's closest allies would be drawn into an early warning network of collective cybersecurity. Private industry would be mobilized in a kind of civil defense against attackers, and military commanders would be given authority to respond automatically to electronic invaders. The public rhetoric states that the purpose of all this is to make America's infrastructure robust and redundant enough to survive any attack. Well, they've always got some excuse. But the powers granted the government on this basis of any type of cyber attack far outweigh the threat. Whenever you see this kind of action occur, you know you're looking at an excuse by which the government intends to oppose its coming dictatorship. William J. Lynn III, Deputy Secretary of Defense, explained the new approach, known as Cyber Strategy 3.0. Within the Pentagon, in an interview this week, and in an article that appears in a new issue of Foreign Affairs, the, f- the formal policy should be completed by December. He said, meanwhile, the Pentagon's new Cyber Command will have the responsibility for active defense starting October 1st. I'm sorry, that was like written really disjointedly. Um, at this point, the Washington Post journalist pleads for restraint on the part of the government. He says, quote, in the debate about cyber strategy, I hope officials will recognize the dangers of militarizing the global highway for commerce and communication. Uh, let's go further. While I can sympathize with Mr. Ignatius, the issue is not what this traumatized country needs. The issue is of the, of the hour in which the Illuminati is planning to do to our formerly free country. They plan to institute the most repressive dictatorship in world history, backed by the most sophisticated technology the world has ever seen. All across the board, the federal government is slyly and quietly as possible, getting all laws changed and all court decisions they need, and and then they will pounce all at once, taking away our freedoms in a moment of time, after World War III has begun. I think... think, I tend to really agree with Cutting Edge on this particular point about World War III. Uh, that is our future, and that is Bible prophecy. What should we do? We should take all action possible to spread this word to an unsaved people, and saved, I think, because a lot of saved aren't aware of this, urging them to work diligently to sow the gospel seed so as many precious souls may be saved as possible. Think of standing before Jesus Christ at the judgment seat of Christ and to have him judge your actions and motives after you were saved. 2 Corinthians 5, 10-11 says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in the body, done in his body, according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. So, I mean, that's a good, very good thing to think about. 1 Corinthians 3.11 then goes on to say, For other foundation can no man lay 
then that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, or stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest. For the day shall declare it, most likely that we're in reference to the judgment seat of Christ here, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work to see what sort it is. If any man's work abide, which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. Now, if you think about it, if you, if you had your your works as gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hair, stubble, the wood, hair, stubble would be burned up by fire, right? Okay. Whereas gold, silver, precious stones would not be. So I believe this is what they're in reference to when it says, if any man's work abide, which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, which I would think would be wood, hair, stubble, he shall suffer loss. But he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. It's not really the way you want to get saved, though. or You know what I mean? Saved yet so is by fire. Um, and it's better going to hell, but it's not preferable. You, you know what I mean? Um, know ye not that you're the temple of God, and the temple, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. I mean, when you get saved, the Holy Spirit comes and lives inside us. Okay? We are then actually considered the temple of God. If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. So, in other words, if you've got like a born-again Christian living in, you know, kind of sin or whatever, and you're actually literally defiling the temple of God, probably the worst way that could be done is through sexual sins. There's probably been a lot of people that have actually been destroyed by God because of that. Because it says right here, if any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. So, again, that's a whole other subject, but I just wanted to kind of throw those verses in there. They seemed appropriate when he brought this subject up. Going back to the Cutting Edge article, it says <clears throat> most likely one of the main ways the Lord Jesus Christ is going to judge us is going to be on the number of people to whom we reached out to with the gospel, especially after you saw the sword of the Illuminati or the New World Order approaching. Listen to God's warning, Ezekiel 33 6. But if the watchmen see the sword come and blow not the trumpet, and the people be not warned, if the sword come and take any person from among them, he is taken away in his iniquity. But his blood will I require at the watchman's hand. End of quote. Through Cutting Edge and other ministries like it, you are more aware of how all the pieces of the puzzle fit together in this end time scenario. You know the Illuminati plan and how it is fulfilling Bible prophecy. You are alerted so that you can alert others um, so that they can be informed and hopefully get saved as well. Now you know what the Lord wants. Make sure every day you're about your father's business. So just a good thing to interject into that type of uh, study because that still needs to be our, our, our emphasis. You know, This type of material that we're getting into today can be used as a tremendous, I would say, ice-breaking tool in order to reach unsaved people that you might have never been able to reach any other way. You know, And that's why I think that I have this ministry is for that particular reason more than any other thing. Because there's no more important issue than that of salvation. Uh, next article, we're going to talk a little bit about the Gulf here. I'm just going to reiterate a lot of stuff that we're, we've said in times past and also some new stuff for today. Uh, first article is, um, let's see here. This is from today's press register. Evidently it's a news periodical, describes scientists as intrigued and puzzled by the brown residue covering 
the ocean floor in areas just offshore stretching from Florida to Mississippi. The experts in their own words went a bit further. This is, these are quotes from these experts. They say it's the weirdest thing we've ever seen. Now this is this brown residue covering the sea bottom from Florida to Mississippi. It's the weirdest thing we've ever seen. Next quote. Unprecedented chemical signature. Next quote. Never seen anything quite like it. Next quote. If I had a nickel for everything about the spill that's never been seen before. Next quote. A lot of unusual things are going to happen. Well, to me it's not unusual. What they've done is they've sprayed that Corexit 9500 and another form of it we'll talk about in a second. It's sunk the oil to the sea bottom floor and it's just sitting there. Literally creating a dead zone um, in the Gulf. More more articles. Um, and these are just titles. I'm not even going to go to the stores. We don't have time. Two officials from different Florida counties report what looks like a congealed glob of Vaseline that is hovering just offshore. Next report. Purple-looking jelly stuff, three feet thick, floating all over, as wide as football fields, says former BP cleanup worker. Next quote. Head of the Navy. Uh, I don't know if it's General Mabus. Tours Gulf. He's shocked by the amount of oil. He says, quote, wow, what are we in, sir? Next quote. This is an alert. 13.3 part per million of Corexit found inland near the Florida border. Chemist says tests show toxic solvent um, that ruptures red blood cells. Bob Naiman is the, and I'm going to read a little bit about this one. Bob Naiman is the analytical chemist who performed the test featured on the WKRG's TV broadcast. He was interviewed by Washington Blog for an August 24th report. Highlights of his report include that he found two butoxoethanol in the cotton bayou sample. This ingredient that he found is an ingredient in the discontinued Corexit 9527. Now, in other words, there's there's different dispersants out there. The one we've heard about is the Corexit 9550, which we know is 11 times more toxic than the oil itself. It's what's been sinking all the oil in the Gulf. But there's another one that's actually been discontinued. It's called Corexit 9527. And the main ingredient in that particular dispersant is 2-butoxoethanol. And all of a sudden, now they're finding that in these things inland. Where did it come from? Naaman said he found no propylene glycol, which is the main ingredient in 9,500. Now, propylene glycol, they put that in all kind of personal care products. Just go look at your underarm deodorant. Go look at um, any kind of hair care or face care products. Um, they put that stuff in so many things. And guess what? Propylene glycol causes cancer. Anything with prope in it, like if you look at the ingredient list on your on your uh, personal care products, almost across the board they're putting propylene glycol on everything, or, or, or variations of anything with prop in it, is death. Okay, you put it particularly if it's an underarm deodorant, it's one of the most absorbable areas in your body. If you're using propylene glycol in deodorants and things of this nature, you're basically putting it on one of the areas where it will absorb straight into the lymphatic system. And there's a good chance that you're going to wind up with cancer just from that alone. And then they're doing a thousand other things to cause cancer as well. But remember, they're out for your best interest. So, Big Brother knows best. Anyway, um, but Naaman said he found no propylene glycol in the samples that he took. Propylene glycol is the main ingredient in Corexit 9, 
9,500. So in other words, they're not spraying 9,500, at least where they're at. Naaman said he went to Dauphin Island, Alabama last night, and while there he observed as many as 250 to 500 gallon barrels, which were labeled 250 500 gallon barrels, which were labeled Corexit 9527. Naaman took pictures that he will soon be sharing. Actually, we got the pictures, we posted them on here. That there's a link you can click into. So, in other words, they're spraying this other Corexit that is um, really, really, really nasty, probably even worse than the, than the, than the 9,500. They're spraying that now, and that's been discontinued. Naaman said he saw men applying the Corexit 9527 while he was in Dolph. Dolphin Island, and also in the Bayou Labetri Le- in Alabama. Naaman said the Corexit 9527 is being haphazardly sprayed at night and is impacting beach sands in a highly concentrated form. See, they're doing it at night because everybody would be saying, well, well, hold on, the, the, the well's capped. There's no more oil coming in, right? No, that's a lie. That's a lie from the pit of hell. So what are they doing? They're spraying it under the cover of night, so they're sinking the oil at night so you don't see it. Killing all those animals along with it. So, and then here's the next article. Scientists oppose the use of dispersants in the Gulf of Mexico. This is from MSNBC. Corexit 9527A contains 2-BTE, 2-butoethanol, which is a toxic solvent that ruptures red blood cells, causing hemolysis or bleeding, internal bleeding, and liver and kidney damage. Both Corexit dispersants contain pro... Petroleum solvents that mix with the crude oil mass and move through it, thus increasing the uptake of it by organisms. Now, this report was actually signed by, I don't know, four different oceanographers and marine toxicologists to, to verify its authenticity. And I give you all the links here you can click in. I mean, there's more, more than I could possibly go over here. The information on the Gulf is actually getting more. There's more information than I can even keep up with. It's not getting less since they supposedly capped the well. It's getting worse. It's getting more now. Here's the next article. Free Clinic is troubled by the massive increase of patients in New Orleans. The Gulf region, they say it's quite... I guess a doctor says it's quite disturbing to me. So in other words, they're having this massive increase of patients in this free clinic in New Orleans. Next article. Uh, Feds admit the formation may have collapsed around the bottom of the wellbore. And this is where supposedly they're trying to cap it. Uh, This is why the annulus is blocked. It's not the cement. Next article. Cousteau, evidently, I guess it's Cousteau's son, says, and other experts are stunned by an island littered with many dead birds. It's clear the birds are poisoned by the BP disaster. And there's a video, every link I'm describing here, there's a video for it. Next report, reporter says, the Gulf crisis is the worst I've seen it yet. Increasing sickness among coastal residents. Dispersants used are blamed. Now see, there's a total media blackout at this point on this. Now I don't even have cable TV or anything where we're at. We don't even have the the regular channels because I f- refuse to get one of those sound of silence converter boxes that do knows who knows what to your brainwave patterns. So I'm just trying to garner this stuff from um, the news I see on the internet. But, you know, I'm not seeing a whole lot about this on mainstream news at all anymore. Next article. Uh, scientists say most oil is still present. Feds claim 
Fed, the Fed's claims are not backed up by either the report or the conditions in the ocean. In other words, they're saying, oh, the oil just kind of disappeared all of a sudden. No, it's all on the bottom of the ocean. Any of it that's disappeared, it's just on the bottom of the ocean. Next article, time, top scientists versus the feds. Up to 80% of BP's crude remains in the Gulf. Submerged oil cannot evaporate. They did this all on purpose. Un, the next article, uh, unprecedented fish kill in Jacksonville for the past two weeks, um, which isn't related to what they call the annual cycle. Lesions in the brain, points of toxicity. They have actually photos of, of these fish. Now, remember what I said. The oil uh, was right near the loop current, which basically took the oil down the side, down the west side of Florida, down the bottom of the Keys, which it then got into the Gulf Stream, and the Gulf Stream sucked it back up on the, on the um, east side of Florida and all the way up the coast, all the way past Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, all those states in there. So we're seeing these unprecedented fish kills in Jacksonville. Shouldn't be any surprise. Uh, next article, alert, divers find seafood near beaches covered in brown residue from Mississippi to Florida. Kids are swimming around giant pools of oily tar balls, big as watermelons. What are these parents thinking, letting their kids swim in this garbage? Next article, oh, well, I guess they saw Obama with his kids swimming, in the, even though that wasn't even the golf. That photo op that he did, yeah, I guess that gave him the, the peace about doing it. Uh, I probably did it for that reason, so, you know, people would swim. Uh, going further, next article, top oceanographer says the feds are misleading public. Only 10% of the oil has been removed from the ocean. We're seeing way more dispersant than ever before. Large, thick oil plumes, freshly sprayed with poison. This is from the Intel Hub. Uh, they report... And they got some pictures here too. Today, Project Gulf Impact is out on the waters around Orange Beach, Alabama. What they have found is the exact opposite of what BP and the federal government have told the American people. Not only did they find oil, but they apparently found what looks to be freshly sprayed dispersant still in powdered form. Why is this toxic dispersant being sprayed? Warnings from scientists and independent journalists have indicated that Corexit could affect the Gulf for at least 20 years. Dead fish in Alabama... Cells ruptured with lots of corexit and dispersant around them. The oil is thick. Dispersant already, the dispersants are being sprayed to try to hide it with dead catfish in plumes on the sea. As I write this article, Project Gulf Impact is still out on the waters. They are documenting the existence of oil and dispersants and will be uploading more videos and pictures. This is absolutely disgusting. So, you know, whatever you think might be going on down there, I'm hoping that I give you a different perspective uh, because it's overwhelming, the evidence. Here's the next article. Um, Alabama charges BP Transocean for the BP Gulf oil spill cover-up and is using and using dangerous toxic substances. Uh, this is from Intel Hub. They say, now, now if we can only get the other states to follow suit and add a few more defendants to the list, like the cronies in the government who are allowing this all to happen. WKRG News number 5 in Alabama reports that Attorney General of Alabama has filed charges against BP and Transocean for covering up the BP Gulf oil spill and using dangerous and highly toxic choice of chemical dispersants, among other things. Alabama Attorney General is suing BP and others over the Gulf oil spill, saying the oil giant has broken way too many promises. Attorney General Troy King filed two lawsuits. Now, all 
uh, with all these articles generally have link after link after link that you can click on. I've done all the work for you. I put up this PDF that will be attached with the teaching up on contendingfortruth.com. All you have to do if you want to explore any of these subjects is go to that link, and uh, which will be right there with the audio teaching, and click on it, and um, you can explore anything to your heart's content at that point. So let's go further. Um, in a statement released Friday, King said the history of saying one thing and doing another, and now new information that they have been secretly working to gain a legal advantage can only further damage our people. In other words, the reason they're sinking the oil is because out of sight, out of mind. They're afraid of the fines they might get. The reason that they, they've been gathering up all the dead animals is not because they're trying to be eco-conscious, but because they're trying to process the dead animals the dead sea life, so that nobody sees them. Okay? Because then they can't get fined for dead animals. And we, we've talked about this extensively in other teachings. Uh, the lawsuit claims defendants were slow and incompetent, if not dishonest in their announcements and warnings to the state of Alabama and its citizens and businesses. Uh, let's see. Referring to the drastic difference in the initial oil flow estimate of a 1,000 barrels per day, and the latest estimate, which is much as 60,000 barrels per day. In other words, remember at the start they were saying, oh, there's only like 1,000 barrels maybe a day that are coming out, and then now it's up to like, what well, had been up to 60,000 barrels per day. The lawsuit which seeks unspecified money damages plus punitive dam- damages also references BP's choice of a highly toxic chemical used to disperse oil in the ocean. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad that they're doing this. And again, obviously, as we've seen, not everything's negative. There is some fighting back that's occurring here um, on some legal channels and, and these types of things. Next article. Uh, Senators line up to tell the UN to leave the kids alone. This is another good article. This is from World Daily Net. 31 Republic senators have agreed to oppose the United Nations Convention on the Rights of a Child Treaty and critics of the international plan to vest children with their long list of rights, such as to seek the government review of parental decisions, are looking for three more names. In other words, they're looking for three more names of senators that will oppose this UN, United Nations Convention on the Rights of a Child Treaty. The campaign by supporters of parentalrights.org opposes an effort to put the United Nations advocacy plan into operation in the United States. The resolution states the United Nations Convention on the Rights of a Child should not be presented to the Senate for a vote, which would require two-thirds approval for ratification, because it is contrary to the principles of self-government and federalism, and because the United Nations Convention on the Rights of Children, or the Rights of a Child, undermines the traditional principles of law in the United States regarding parents and children. The Russian communist system realized that parental attitudes and values were so powerful as to throw a huge obstacle to the government system of brainwashing the minds of children into the atheistic, communistic model. Russian premier Nikita Khrushchev was asked one day why the Russian government was having such trouble indoctrinating and brainwashing um, communist philosophy into the young children. Khrushchev Reply, Khrushchev replied that the problem was being caused by the grandmother factor, which he explained as thus. This is a quote from Khrushchev. While the kids were properly trained in a communistic school all the day long, they would go home and at some point in the evening would sit on grandma's lap and talk with her. She would tell the children of the old days, of the old values, i.e. Christian values. 
Thus, Grandma would undo or depropagandize the children. As we are heading into the New World Order, the world body has come to the grips with ways in which to reach into the homes and even even into the evenings and on weekends to prevent parents and grandparents from undoing the propaganda which kids are learning today in public schools. The answer the United Nations has created is the rights of the child. This is the legislation called the rights of the child. Among other things, the UN has created the right of children to not be subjugated to Christian values. Oh, isn't that nice the UN would impose that on, on parents and children? The UN proposes laws which would prevent parents from teaching Christian values within the home. Within the home! <laughs> Lord Jesus Christ rebuke those devils. Every devil that emanates and operates through that wicked, wicked organization called the UN. Let's go further. So the UN proposes laws which would prevent parents from teaching Christian values within the home on the pain of yanking the children out of the home. Just consider some of the provisions in this UN treaty. Number one, in the United Kingdom, the CRC already has been used, of the, this, I guess this rights of the child, has already been used to assert that authorities have complete access to homes at any time of the students who are homeschooled. So they can barge in anytime they want and do whatever they want. Uh, next point. The best interest of the child principle would give the government the ability to override every decision made by every parent if a government worker disagreed with a parent's decision. So the government worker's opinion, if it disagreed with the parents, we could override anything that, that the parent said as long as it was in the best interest of the child, according to the UN or this government worker. Next point. A child's right to be heard would allow him or her to seek governmental review of every parental decision with which the child disagreed. Talk about little Johnny or little Susie becoming little Hitler. They're basically ruling over their own heart. Do you know that in the Bible, that the, the Bible talks about that? The, a, sign, a, a massive sign of judgment. And I'm not being prejudiced. I'm not being uh, anti-feminine here. And I don't have the verse right in front of me. But, it, but the Bible says that when women and children rule over the men, this is a, one of the signs of God's greatest judgment. In other words, the children and the women control the men. The men are just become gelded. They've abdicated their rightful position of headship in the family. They've let this happen. And this is a sign of God's judgment. And this is what we're moving toward. You know, that's what we're moving toward. Children will be told by public school authorities what rights they have under this law and will be encouraged to report their parents to authorities if they break any of these UN rights. Can you imagine living in terror of your own child? I'd rather be dead. Just, I really would. I would, I would rather, it, there's no way. It's not going to happen. I mean, obviously, you know, parents need to be fair. And they don't, they don't need to provoke their children under wrath, as the Bible says. But they're supposed to be trained up in, in, in the admonition of the Lord, in the ways of the Lord. And, you know, you got laws here that are possibly being proposed that would make that essentially illegal. And would give these um, Nazi-like uh, UN governmental workers 
right to barge in your house anytime they want, any day or night, and essentially drag you off to wherever they, you know, as long as it's in the best interest of the child. Um, so, let me just read that last statement again. Children will be told public school authorities what rights they have under this law and will be encouraged to report their parents to authorities if they break any of these UN rights. And children will take this action rather than be punished. For as the Bible states, all punishment at the time is grievous. So, you can't make a blanket statement but like they're making there, but there's, I guarantee you there's going to be... Um, you know, the Bible says a child left to himself will bring his mother to shame. Well, the children across America and in a lot of other places have been left to themselves. So what's going to happen? They're going to bring their mother and their father to shame. Well, what do you mean? Well, you've let, let's say, public schools indoctrinate your children without doing anything to... And I understand everybody can't afford to put their child in a private school, but if you have to go that route, you better be doing a lot of deprogramming at home. Uh... Parents have let their kids read Harry Potter in Twilight, in all this garbage occultism and witchcraft they've been indoctrinated into with the cartoons, with the books, with the video games. They've let the TV, video games, and these wicked cursed books and the public school systems raise their kids. What do you expect? I mean, what do you expect is going to happen? You, you think anything good's going to come of that? It can't. I mean, garbage in, garbage out. Train up a child in the way they will go, and when they're old, they will not depart from it. That's what the Bible says. So, and the rod bringeth reproof. I mean, you know, there's a lot to be said about child discipline as well. Biblical child discipline is incredibly, incredibly important. Uh, that's a whole other subject, but... Anyway, this, this ends by saying this is the hideous face of the United Nations Rights of a Child Treaty. We must oppose it vehemently as long as we're able to express our outrage to our government. There's a link here that you can write your senator. There's a link here where you can write your congressman. And so you can, you know, be proactive. Now, again, I believe in doing both. Praying and being proactive. And as much as the Lord would lead you. Next article. Parents of 50 million U.S. children may soon lose parental rights. If your children attend public school, you are among those parents whose rights will end the moment your child enters in school. That's because in 2005, the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, didn't we just talk about them? The Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, remember we just talked about what they did in a few articles back? They found in the court case of Fields versus Palmdale School District that Meyer Pierce that the Meyer-Pierce right of parents to direct the upbringing of their children does not exist beyond the threshold of the public school door. You read, you read that right. Parental rights do not exist beyond the threshold of the school door. We conclude that parents are possessed of no constitutional right to prevent the public schools from, from providing information on the subject of sexuality to their students in any form or manner they select. This is what these devils at the Ninth Circuit Court have pronounced as law. Of course, most parents contend they don't have a choice in where their children are schooled. Either economic constraints or personal circumstances leave them with no practical alternative to public school. And that leaves no parental rights at all. Please act to reverse this assault by big government courts against parental rights. 
sign the petition and get more information at parentalrights.org and then pass this on to your friends. And then there's, I give you all the links there that you can go to and uh, look into that further. Next article. Obama study shows abstinence education. Obama blocks the study showing abstinence education works. Of course, Obama's going to do anything wicked. I mean, you know, anything. The Obama administration once again entangled in controversy over sex education, yet this time it's not about what the administration is trying to implement, but about what it is withholding. And apparently for political reasons, a taxpayer-funded study that indicates parental and adolescent support of abstinence education is not being released by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, as it does not support the administration's objective of eliminating all abstinence education funding. That's how wicked the Obama administration is. Just because this doesn't, I mean, this, this taxpayer's uh, uh, funded study indicates par- parental and adolescent support of abstinence education. They're supporting it. They want it. Parental and adolescent support. But they're not going to release that. They don't want anyone to think that anybody's supporting abstinence in this country. No, 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 no. Go ahead, little kitties, and fornicate. Here, we'll give you free condoms. We'll teach you all about sex. You go and you explore and you do your thing. In fact, we'll, we'll help you get to the abortion clinic when you get pregnant. Now, you can't, you can't give a child aspirin in a school without getting parental authority. But there's been many cases where the school has, has insta, um, has been instrumental in helping them to get abortions without the parents' consent. But you can't take an aspirin, though, without parental consent. Makes a lot of sense, right? You can kill your baby, though, without parental consent. And, and, and oh, we don't want to teach you about abstinence. Why? Because they want this land to be as defiled and wicked as humanly possible. And they know that if everybody's out there fornicating and doing all manner of evil, that literally defiles the land. It defiles the person. It brings demons in, or devils, and it literally gives them a right to invade not only your body, but the space that you're essentially in. It's just wickedness. Satan's good at what he does. That's all we're talking about, really. We're talking about the devices of Satan. We're not supposed to be ignorant of Satan's devices. Why? Lest he get an advantage of us. 2 Corinthians 2.11 We don't want Satan to get an advantage of us. Well, how do we do that? Well, By not being ignorant of his devices. By not being destroyed for lack of knowledge, according to Hosea 4.6. Ignorance is not bliss. Next article. End times, sign of Sodom and Gomorrah. Naked vacations are becoming more popular. Listen to this. This is unbelievable. I had to throw this in. I couldn't believe what I was reading. For all the fully clothed readers among, among us, a nakation is a naked vacation. It's the new thing. A nakation. And it seems Americans are warming to the idea. Nearly one out of every two people surveyed by a travel site TripAdvisor said they would be willing to bear it all at a beach. One out of two people? Are you kidding me? Can you imagine walking around naked on a beach? I can't even, I, I'm sorry, I've just, 
even when I was unsaved, I, I knew, no, I knew it was wrong. I knew, I'm not saying I'm Mr. Goody Two-Shoes either. Because if I got what I deserve, I'd get death and hell. I've said that before many, many times. Apart from the Lord Jesus Christ, His shed blood, His finished work on the cross, that's all I deserve. And, I'm, I, and I don't want to say like I'm, I'm over here, Rebecca Sunnybrook Farm, and I'm so whatever, puritanical. But I don't understand this. Nearly one out of every two people said they'd be willing to bear it all on the beach. I can't even imagine we drove by that church the other day up here in North Carolina where the, all the all the, the congregation, it's up in a real nice area in the mountains and, and all the congregation go in there. We reported on this probably about a year ago. They all turn up buck naked at church. Yeah, they all turn up buck naked. And I saw the video, I played the video, you couldn't see it, I'm glad you couldn't see it, but they were literally having to blur out the genitalia and everything. Pastors up there buck naked, preaching, the deacons are sitting, all these really big, fat, overweight guys just there, letting it all hang out, man. I don't understand. And they were trying to justify this. Well, when God created Adam, he was naked. And so we're being more biblical than, and then I, I thought of about 20 verses that came into my head, you know, at that point. The Holy Spirit will convict you of this stuff. I mean, that's why it's important to memorize scripture. But I mean, this is unbelievable. nearly one out of every two people said they'd be willing to bear it all on a beach? I think this is the most unbelievable thing I've read all day. If that's the case, it's no wonder all this legislations and all this wickedness are being rammed down our throats. If that's where the mindset is of the typical American, it's no wonder we're being turned over to a reprobate mind in this country. It's literally like the country in mass is being turned over to a reprobate mind. They're giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, and having their conscience seared with a hot iron. I mean, if you think, if you can go and you can walk around naked on a beach, you're pretty close to having your conscience seared with a hot iron if you're not already there. I, I don't understand it. It doesn't make sense. It's part of the strong delusion, as I've said before in Second Thessalonians chapter two. Evidently, God is sending. Uh, one out of two every people surveyed on the travel site said they'd be willing to bear it on a beach. That's up from the three out of ten from last year. So last year, thirty percent of the people said they'd be willing to do it. In one year, it's went up to fifty percent. It shows you how darkened. And depraved man is becoming. And the thoughts are only evil continually, evidently, for a large part of the population. Well, that's what Jesus Christ said, as it was in the days of Noah. Well, as I said before, their thoughts were of man were only evil continually. That's what it said in Genesis 6. Where you can go there and read it. So let's go back to this article. It says, and that's not just the campground full of flabby hippies preaching free love. There are an increasing number of naked destinations, including beaches, resorts, cruise lines, and spas. So why would people take their clothes off in public if they're not getting paid for it? Well, according to the AANR, the American Association of Nude Recreation, that's not a card you want to have in your wallet, let me tell you that right now. Uh, according to the AANR, vacation in the nude is more relaxing Relieve stress. And contrary to what you might think, it's actually good for your self-esteem. 
I can't think of anything more degrading and not good for your self-esteem than doing this. I mean, talk about no shame in their game. That expression they use. I mean, that, that is just, you got no shame if you're willing to do this stuff. I don't understand. We went, um, when we went to pray against that uh, in, in uh, back in Florida when we were living there, and I had told you about that um, that place that the uh, New World Order people had had uh, started up down there. It was in Venus, Florida. Very, very, very strange um, place. A lot of occult stuff, I believe, was really going on there, and. Um, they had this utopian community down there, which was a mock version of what the New World Order was essentially going to be like. And they had mock buildings, and, and it was called the Venus Project. And um, this had a lot to do with that zeitgeist movement that, we, that we've talked about. And uh, Jacques Franco or something was the guy that started. Anyway, we would go there and pray against that place. And uh, it was in a beautiful part of the woods, but we go and pray there. And praise the Lord... After the first time we prayed there, it went up for sale. Like a month later, I went up there to research a little bit more and it was for sale. The whole complex has been for sale for like, I don't know how long now, like a year, year and a half. So it was pretty good. Praise the Lord. Anyway, I just so happened in researching that area to discover a totally nude gay trailer park camp called Camp Mars. Now you got Venus, Florida. And then you got Camp Mars. Mars in, in the deity uh, is like the god of war. And we would go to the front of Camp Mars uh, to the entrance there and pray. And I didn't go in. I didn't want to see nothing. Uh-uh. So I wasn't about to drive in that place. But, um, yeah, it was a totally gay, uh, uh, totally nude. I can't imagine how much more wicked you could get than that. I mean, it's pretty bad. Who knows what form of... And we're talking it was in the middle of nowhere. So who knows what wickedness might have been going on in that place. I mean, it was the perfect place to, to have something like that. So you just never know. you know. But I went there on several occasions to uh, pray against that wickedness. Anyway, let's go further. Last article. Uh, calls have now begun to eliminate the immunity of Catholic priests in prosecution for their sex clump. Crimes. This is from the Irish Times. The clerical immunity must end. The era of clerical immunity has to end in Ireland. U.S. lawyer and former Benedictine monk Patrick Wall acknowledged the special position of the Catholic Church had been removed from the Irish Constitution in 1973, but it has not been removed from the soul of Ireland. In other words, the Irish Catholic Church still is being protected by an informal and invisible force, well, I would just say it's fallen angels or demons, which is in place because too many citizens still regard the Catholic Church as being worthy of such protection. Do you realize what they're saying there? These, these pious Catholics that think that they're doing God's service? They're basically saying, no, Mr. Catholic priest, you go and you rape those little boys and girls. And we're going to protect you because you're the Catholic Church and we're putting our faith in you. You go and rape those little boys and girls to your heart's content because you're still worthy of our protection. That's what they're saying. 
They're saying it by their actions. I don't care if it doesn't come out of their mouth. Actions speak louder than words. It's sickening. A U.S. lawyer based in California with uh, with Manley Stewart, which has handled many hundreds of abuse cases, hundreds of abuse cases on behalf of victims, said said the clergy, including the bishops who hid details of clerical sexual abuse of children, should do jail time. Well, you know what? I think it's kind of apparent that Jesus Christ advocates even a sterner punishment than jail time. He says in Mark 9.42, and he says it in three other places, in two other Gospels, two other places in two other Gospels, he says, whoever shall offend one of these little ones which believe in me, it is better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and he were cast into the midst of the sea. That's what it says about these pedophiles. Particularly, I think, people that would do it under the guise of a Christian. Because Catholics call themselves Christians, right? Don't they call themselves the mother church? You know, hey. Yet, it's the most wicked faction of pseudo-Christianity that there is, I believe. I don't think there's any more. I mean, there's no, I mean, even in the Mormons and, and, and the Jehovah Witnesses, I don't think the pedophilia goes on in any of these other pseudo Christian cults, not like it goes on in the Catholic Church. And the pedophilia, I don't see how you get much worse than that in God's eyes. I mean, what are you going to do? I mean, granted, abortion and these types of things, I understand they take a stand against that, but they are sexually abusing young boys and then, and then the sick sick church and the people within them turn a blind eye to this or go out of their way to protect these devils. You you talk about delusion. It's incomprehensible. Going, Going further, it says some priests in America are already doing jail time, but the number is minuscule compared to the number who should be behind bars. All documentation about abuse should be secured from religious authorities. He said, if we're to learn from the crimes against children, public access to all church records on predatory priests is necessary. You know what? The thing about that is, is I would imagine they've probably made a pretty concerted effort to try to get rid of as much of this documentation as possible and to sweep it under the rug. You can't trust the Catholic Church to provide you with this stuff. People should start thinking... I think this is a great statement here. People should start thinking of Catholic priests as just being sexual predators. When 75% of men attending Catholic seminaries are openly gay, as Bill Schnemlin reports in the DVD Catholicism, A Church on a Haunted Hill, then you have the distinct possibility that the percentage of predatory priests spread throughout the churches might re- reach toward that number as well. We just read that statistic the other week where it could be up into the 90 percentile of these bishops and cardinals in Rome being homosexuals. Well, Psalm 11 verse 3, if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Catholicism was absolutely, totally straight from the pit of hell and wicked from its very inception back in 318 under Constantine. It's not changed any. They're the ones that have impl- implemented all these these um, uh, these pseudo-Christian uh, pagan holidays and put some Christian veneer on them, like Ishtar and, and Xmas and all these other ones. I've done several studies on those. They're the ones that have given us all that. They're the ones that, that, that slaughtered and butchered all the people during the Inquisition, right? Under the guise of God. Many of them were true born-again Bible-believing Christians. They're the ones that butchered them during the Inquisition, 
They're the ones that have all the pedophile Catholic priests. They're the ones that, that have had these things that they um, were issuing called indulgences where you could literally go out and rape children as long as it was the right indulgence and you could get like a free pass from God. They're the ones that believe that you got to get to, to uh, heaven by keeping the seven sacraments and doing this or doing that. It's all a works-based salvation. It's all a lie from the pit of stinking hell. It's unbelievable. Lawsuits are popping up across the globe, but especially in America. If lawsuits start appearing in the international court, the Pope might be brought to justice. Well, I'll have to see that to believe it. But these are things you can pray about. And maybe it is the prayers of the saints that are bringing... Because I'm seeing more and more and more of this pedophilia stuff being brought out into the open light. Well, maybe it's the prayers of the saints. Because if, I mean, just think about it this way. Well, what if we just sit back and do nothing? We don't even pray about these issues whatsoever. Do you think God's going to bring them to light? Well, he could, and he will eventually, but I would think he would want his remnant praying about these things. And I'm, I mean, I have been seeing more and more of this, which is encouraging. I mean, it's, it's, it makes you want to tear your hair out when you read this stuff. But at the same time, it's good that it's coming to light. It's being made manifest. So anyway, that's all I've got for today. Um, let's go ahead and close this out in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we praise you. We thank you for this day and this time you've given us. I thank you for allowing me to do another teaching, Lord. Wherever your word or your truth is being preached worldwide, pray, Lord God, that you bless it. I do pray, God, that you'd forgive us for any and all sins we've committed in any way, shape, or form. As we forgive those who have sinned against us, that you cleanse us from presumptuous sins and secret faults that they would not have dominion over us. That the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart will be pleasing and acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. I do pray, God, you bless my listeners, the body of Christ, Lord God, the innocent, the meek, the weak, those that cannot protect themselves, Lord, the widows, the orphans, the babies, the children, the unborn babies in the womb. I just pray, God, for your protective hand to be upon them, that you would bless them. Any of them that I've mentioned that are not saved, I do pray, God, you'd save at the earliest possible moment, that your name would be glorified through the body of Christ, that you'd use us to lead many people to the Lord Jesus Christ, and that we would be faithful and obedient to you all the days of our life. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.